Way west? Yeah, go east. If you come this far, then you know it's out there. You're not gonna scare us. You scared him? Stop it. <laughs> no, that's like a cat. No, you don't you don't <laughs> click. We don't click. All right, we don't click. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, although my wife and I do click. We just don't click that way. You don't make clicking noises. (laughs) Anyway, I'm Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I am Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on all the socials posted on our website. And we are your hosts. We're glad you can join us because... Take it away. Don't do it. Take it away. We are going to be... uh, Gosh, there's just so much to get into. So I'm just going to be very short, sweet to the point. We're going to be really covering nine episodes. The HBO series, The Last of Us, <laughs> season one. I'm dragging, I know, because it's just the video game is bloody amazing. And now we have a series. Yeah. So we're not going to go over each episode because then this review is going to be 20 hours We long. would have to make nine episodes. Yeah. Um, however, we will be talking about themes and major plot points. So if you listen, Plast. Plast. Plast past the banter you will be spoiled if you haven't seen the series on hbo or play the game so you played this on playstation yes yeah and i actually broke a controller because of bloaters and clickers you broke a controller i broke my controller yeah i broke the thumbsticks stop that (laughs) that's like when the movie it came out and every time we passed a, a, a grate you'd be like Oh, I wonder if there's a clown down there. I'm like, stop it! What is wrong with you? Anyway, uh, we have a very long episode, so this is going to be a very short banter because. Oh, but I'm just, I'm just saying because. Just saying because we have you, like five pages of notes. Yes, we do. Oh my lord, your summary is like a page long. So I'm going to do my summary of Google real quick. Joel and Ellie, a pair connected through the harshness of the world they live in, are forced to endure brutal circumstances and ruthless killers on a trek across a post-outbreak America. Well, I wanted to give a little bit more context about the story. Make it quick. Okay. (laughs) It's a post-apocalyptic show. Yes. There were super fungus called cordyceps, and they infect people by taking over their minds and changing their bodies into not-so-fun guys. Ha ha ha. No? Too soon? Tough crowd. Anyway, basically what it is, is Joel Mm -hmm. is a mercenary. He became that way because he lost his daughter at the start of the outbreak. He is now tasked to take Ellie cross-country because she is immune to the cordyceps uh, infection. Invasion? Mm -hmm. It's kind of an invasion. It's technically an invasion. So... By the time they get to out west, right, a lot of stuff happens in the middle. A lot of people die, but they persevere. When they finally get there, Joel finally is told that in order for them to get the special sauce from Ellie, they have to cut her brain open. Well, isn't it because they're trying to figure out what makes her immune? 
Like what the trigger is? It's not necessarily that it's a... Well, it, she's immune because the cordyceps already think that she's is part of them. So they need her brain in order to figure out what this... Why that yeah. is. Okay. Right. So... Well, it just It made it sound like they were going to drain her blood and everything. And, well, yeah, this is not a Dracula movie, but, um, you know, so in order to get the cure, they have to kill her. Mm-hmm. And Joel was not having any of that. So at the end of the, f- the series, he actually kills the rebels trying to find the cure and basically dooms mankind to live in this fungi-infected world because he needs to save Ellie. At the end, Ellie is asking him, swear to me that you didn't hurt the fireflies who were the people who were trying to get this cure. And that the cure wasn't available and they're no longer looking. Yeah. He says, I swear. And then at the very end, the camera just stays a beat on Ellie's face and then you fade to black. Because I think she knows he's lying. Yes. So that's basically the story. And I'm so proud of you for shrinking down your page to that. Well, I... Because that it, it, the series There's is, a lot. There's a lot. And the series is a lot to take in. So we might move quicker than normal through our points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if if we do move a little too fast, I apologize in advance. Um, yeah, but before we get into the themes, I actually wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. right? There are nine episodes in, in season one, and we know that we're going to get a season two. I, I want to know, right, because we we watched this together, which of the nine episodes was your favorite? Oh, that's hard. I know. That's why I'm asking the question. Uh, okay. If we're referring to pure infected on screen, it's got to be when they pop out of the hole. Okay. You're going to cheat on this, aren't you? Of course I am. <laughs> okay. If we're dealing with that, it's got to be um, the episode where they, they break up from the hole and basically Kathleen gets it, episode five, uh, because you see the full force of the effects. Granted, I think the the game is more about the zombies. The series is more about the people because you need good characters to continue it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the game, if you don't have the action, you're not going to play it. Well, yeah, because it's a you're so, shooting jo- zombies. 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 But if we're talking about, gosh, personal relationships, mm-hmm. the Left Behind episode, episode three, and I believe it's the end of episode five. With Henry and Sam. Yeah. Yeah. That that hurt. It's also very hard for me. That's why I wanted to ask you that. Because uh, to me, episode three, the Bill and Frank episode, long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, episode five with Henry and Sam. I have the, the episode names here somewhere. Oh, there it is. Episode five, Endure and Survive. Left Behind, absolutely. That's episode seven. Mm-hmm. And then look for the light, the, the last episode, how their relationship is, because that's, that is when that's Joel the, the finally, point. Right, yeah. finally opened up. So Speaking without further that, ado, let's just jump right into the themes, because let's, let's get cracking. Yeah. So there's a lot of trauma throughout the story, yeah. right? And it's a post-apocalyptic story, so there's a lot of death, mm-hmm. trauma of losing people. Um, you know, that's the whole reason why Joel is how he is at the very beginning. He lo- he lost his daughter very violently. Mm-hmm. And no one believed him that they weren't infected. Tess, Joel's partner 20 years later, right, in both the smuggling thing and it seemed like they were romantically linked. She also dies, right, trying to get Ellie out of um, Boston. Mm-hmm. Riley the backstory in episode seven left behind. She was left behind because she got bitten. And if you think about it, the, the loss that I, that I liked, even when you deal with Frank and Bill, mm-hmm. it's the idea that everything was with the good of intentions. You know, um, 
they were trying to get their daughter out mm-hmm. and the the military individual was following orders mm-hmm. and that is a theme throughout this thing because Fedra is just quote unquote following orders you know in certain cities they're hoarding the food mm-hmm. they're hurting their citizens but they're following orders just because you follow orders doesn't mean they're right yeah and that's that's an interesting theme but you're also losing yourself by giving yourself to those orders right now when it comes to the death like Riley was doing it to give Ellie one last hurrah and and have fun so that they could spend time together before she left. Tess was trying to do the right thing by getting them out of uh, through, I think it was the museum Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, He was trying to do the right thing to get his daughter out. And then Bill was trying to do the right thing and let Frank go off into the sunset and instead he joined him. Overall, you do the right thing. And you still have all that pain. And it's something you can't control. Right. And that's the key. There's nothing in this show that they can control. Well, maybe. Maybe. It's a choice. Right? They, there, there is always a choice. And I go back to that, that last episode with Joel is that he had a choice. Maybe he didn't think that he had a choice. And even Tommy tells him, you know, they, there was always a different way. We just didn't know how. But if you don't know how... How can that be a rational choice? If you're not aware of it and you don't know of it, how can you be held accountable for something you didn't know you could do? But I think that, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself. I think Joel actually knew what he was doing was wrong, but he couldn't stomach the fact that Ellie was going to die. He couldn't let Ellie die. Well, could you? Probably not. No. So I'm saying it's is this. I, I love the show that they did that because in the game as well. And I know that the game's creator mm-hmm. is a part of this, but I love that they made that moral de- dilemma mm-hmm. because you don't see a lot of shows doing that. It's very clear cut. Yeah. She would have given blood. They would have synthesized an antidote, but I know I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So, so it, to piggyback on the loss that you were talking about, it's also not just physical, right? It's also the loss of innocence. And there's through through Ellie, right? We we were seeing her wonder at you know an airplane that crashed. You know, you, she was like in awe that people were actually flying. They were in the sky. Um, she, she loved the escalator. Like, that what is funny. this? I know. Take on me. And then the what I was just talking about, where Ellie. She said that her blood is magic to Sam, right, who was bitten in episode five. Well, that's what she was led to believe. Well, because she's the only one, yeah. right? And But again, that's again what we're led to believe. Right. She's the only one. Right. So she she's trying to save Sam, and she did it in the most rudimentary way, right? She was, like, putting her blood on, on the bite wound, hoping that that was going to help him. So... You know, she's still, you could see she's still a child. She's still thinking, okay, if I do this, then that should happen. Not understanding all of the mechanics underneath it. It's not that simple. And then she loses Sam. And then she loses completely her innocence when you have the episode of her taking care of Joel, where David is basically assaulting her. Yeah. And, And she's just completely blank. That episode was very hard to watch. Yeah, I know it differs from the game a little bit, mm. but there's a lot. Again, at least I've I've well, read because I don't I don't remember the game as, as well. But it is an adaptation, right? It cannot follow the game point by point. No, but I'm gonna bring it up when I remember mm-hmm. or or hear of it, so that people know. And yes, I agree, it cannot be the same because the game 
has to be fast paced and it needs to keep going and it needs to be X number of hours. Mm -hmm. Whereas a series, you can flesh things out and it can be drawn out because otherwise if if they made the series like the game nobody would watch it right except the people who probably played the, game. the gamers because but yeah. even even to be honest as a gamer i'd watch it and go oh but i'd want to do that i'd want to run up the hill i'd mm. want to and that's what the controller's for yeah so it it's like comparing apples and oranges it, it really is it's hard but that episode where he basically is on top of her mm-hmm. and he's going to assault her while fire is everywhere around them and to me, that was just symbolic mm-hmm. because her innocence, her joy of seeing little things, the puns, Riley, everything was burning. Yeah. Her innocence and her idea of the world, the invincibility, it was burning. Yeah. And, you know, she was hacking him with an axe or mm-hmm. whatever it was, a machete. And um, didn't stop. It didn't stop. And I think that part of that also was that she realized the violence in her, right? She could have ended it in, you know, three or four, but she kept going That's and anger. going and going. Yeah. And that leads to the point of anger with Kathleen mm-hmm. in episode five, I think, right? Where she was so blinded by blaming someone else, even Henry. though her brother told her, forgive him. He's only doing it to feed his brother. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. She was so blinded by her hatred for losing her brother and hatred for Henry, even though he was just doing it to get medicine, she even says, don't you think some people are meant to die? Like, it's callous. Mm. And she's so blinded that she ignores the fact that the infected are underground because people had gone underground to survive, and then they forced the infected underground thinking nothing of it. Well, all of those people got infected. Right. And now they're out to get her. Well, they were not to get her. It's just just they were there. Yeah. The infection wants to spread Mm -hmm. and she lost her life, but she killed and condemned everyone else to die for her personal greed. And it was that parallel between Henry and Sam because Henry gave up her brother to save Sam. She gave up everybody for just an attempt and didn't get anywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, at least Henry got a little bit more time with Sam, right? But still, anger blinds you. Yeah. Similarly, fear can also blind you. It can also keep you so closeted, if I may use that word, that you just, you can't do anything. It paralyzes you. Mm -hmm. I think part of the reason why I am gravitating to to this show is because we just went through a pandemic. That isolation, when you're no longer able to look at someone and say, okay, you know, it's, it's just fine to just talk to them, right? You don't know if they're infected and you're, you have this fear of being... Fear of hugging. Yeah. Being in the same room. Yeah. For me, the fear came down to reminding me of when there was no food in the grocery store. Yeah, that when was scary. they limited us to how much food we could buy at the grocery yeah. store. Or wait in line outside of the grocery store because you cannot be... Too many people you, you being don't have, inside. Yeah, exactly. Globally, if you think about it, that fear of protecting your own will take over and you will do anything yeah. to protect your own. You will wipe out everybody. And it's not anger. It's pure fear. I need to feed it's them. It's survival. My job is to take care of you. Right. And if I don't do that, I'm failing and then you suffer. And that's that's a fear laced with all these other emotions like helplessness and everything else. But I do want to go to a different side and... The brighter side? The brighter side a little bit. And that's the the acceptance and hope. Mm. Because even throughout all of this, there has been this acceptance that 
Ellie is immune. Ellie is the future. Ellie will save. Mm-hmm. And that is a very powerful thing to hold on to. And it almost makes her cocky in the beginning until her innocence literally burns. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, I've come this far. This is my duty. This is my job. Yeah. I need to do. And there's there's that acceptance. I need to accept my role. I need to accept who I am. I'm not this great savior. I just need to do this. And then whatever happens after that will live. But this is what must be done. Yeah. She is growing up much faster than she should have. I, yeah. you, know, you know, that's that's a 14-year-old being so much wiser beyond her years. And we can't talk about acceptance and hope without bringing up episode three. Yeah. The Bill and Frank episode where I was thinking about it. I'm just getting teary-eyed again. Uh, you cried your eyes out. Yep. Uh, I will admit that I actually cried during this episode. And you don't usually cry. No, but this was like one in a billion chance, I guess, one in a million chance, whatever you want to call it, for them to find each other. And the fact that it would not have happened if the pandemic never happened. Yeah. Right? Because Bill was so closeted, he he kept to himself. He hid himself from the world. That's why he hated the world. And then when the world disappeared, it was like, oh, all right, it's my playground now. And I know that this is a... A point of contention online. Mm. I mean, you just Google it. You'll find it. I know it got review bombed, this and the Left Behind episode. The Left Behind episode is in the game. The relationship between Riley and Ellie is in the game. So I understand you didn't have to buy it, but it was in the game. So to say that it was created specifically for the show, um, I I think you need to research that because the DLC is there. I have it on my my game. It's all over the place. It it is the DLC. Exactly. And they even used the title. I'm just saying that it is mentioned that people don't appreciate that this was used. Mm -hmm. And both episodes got review bombed heavily. I know. The love that Bill and Frank show is so pure and so real and so honest. Uh, Nick Offerman. Oh, my God. Is just his line simply saying, I'm old, I'm satisfied. Yeah. That broke me, that line. Because when you reach a certain point in life, you just know you're good. Yeah. And he was so happy. He, I mean, you have to figure there's a post-apocalyptic thing going on outside your door. Yes, there's fences. And yes, I could totally go. There's a lot under the realm of disbelief here. But they found each other. They're happy. And they're not always happy. No, they fight. They yell at each other. Yeah. They argue. He literally says, well, I want friends. Who what friends do you want to make? Well, the person on the radio. Wait, what? Yeah. You did what? Yeah. And then when they finally come, it's Joel and Tess. Yeah. And, and how Joel the, and Tess how, are Bill and Frank. <laughs> exactly. And then how does Bill welcome them? With, With a, a gun, gun on the table. On the table. Again, it's the point that you made, right? Protecting your own. And Bill did not want anything to happen to him and to Frank. And then realizing they can't live without each other, that he's satisfied and they go out together on their terms. Yeah. I think the episode to me, besides developing and building more of the characters that we utilize, is also extraordinarily powerful because it shows that even when hope is so small and so meaningless and so empty in a world where people are ravaging everything they can and murdering people left and right just because they can. And humanity, to be honest, is worse than the infection because the infection can hang at a distance. Yeah. Because they even say the infection, it's harder to be where they were because of the fact that it's there not... Are no people. Exactly. It needed people. So the cities and everything were there. So, of course, when you're trekking across country, you're not going to see any 
um, as much as when you were in the cities. But seeing them face it together and fight it together and it isn't played to be a gay saga. It's played to show you can find love in the most obscure place, in the most difficult place. You can find it. And when you do, you can fight for it because Bill and Frank had to fight for it. Yep. And they managed to keep it with the worst situation around them. Yep. And it kept them going. It did. And the the thing, I had read a post somewhere that said, you know, they they found love in a hopeless place. I was like, <laughs> oh, all right, Rihanna. Yeah. Um, and it's true, right? And the fact that it's not perfect, but it's theirs. Exactly. Love isn't perfect. Love isn't pristine. Love isn't sunshines and rainbows. It's not unicorn poop. It's hard. <laughs> Marriage is hard. Relationships is. are hard. Yeah. It's what you want to make out of it. And that's what I get out of it. Because if you also go to, you know, Joel and Tess, I they were together. And, and I do feel that they weren't perfect. They were working. I do think he loved her. And I, I, I do. And the difference there, it's a good parallel of what happens if you take two different paths, right? Bill decided to try and accept and be open Whereas Joel couldn't. He couldn't open himself he up couldn't, fully. He couldn't open himself up. So there's this, you know, even Tess said, you know, you, you couldn't love me the way I wanted you to or some, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Sh- saying that, you know, their, their relationship, he cares about her, but it's, it's not. He loves her, but not in the same fervor that she yes. loves him. Yes. So, you know, to me, that was a stark um, contradiction right, of how things could go. But speaking of, you know, opening it up and accepting, um, that's why I think episode nine is so powerful because that's when Joel finally said and admitted that, you know, to heal his broken heart, it was not time that did it, but it was Ellie. You know, he finally let Ellie in. He begrudgingly, because he didn't want to, you know, at the he even said, you know, you're not family, you're cargo. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the series, yeah, you are the most important person in my world, essentially. Well, that also goes to chosen family mm-hmm. with, you know, the father-daughter relationship that yeah. he's developed, including even asking her to read some puns. Well, yeah, because they're both so alike, right, that they they can't even, they can't say with words that they love each other. They can't say those words. They go around it, right? And then, oh, Bella Ramsey is just phenomenal with this because when when Joel finally says it wasn't time, just the the look of pain in her eyes, understanding what she means to him. Yeah. It's just perfect. I think it's excellent casting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but also speaking of chosen family, you've got Bill and Frank and, and Joel and Tess to the point of where where Bill is shot, he tells Frank to call Joel because he wanted Joel to take care of him. When they leave, they say, whoever finds this letter, but probably Joel. Yeah. Because they know Joel is going to come. And they even write the letter and include Tess in the letter. Because that's, that's you know, their that's, people. That's their family, right? They become each other's family. Extended family. So quickly running through other themes, you've got climate change because the the fungi have mutated to survive in humans yeah. with warmth. Uh, humans are fickle and can be controlled by something we feel is beneath us. I thought that was a phenomenal idea. 
yeah, fungus is is tiny, right? But well, it's also something that we don't think of as this big thing. You know, we always treat things and people. But just in general, that idea, right? Something so small could destroy mankind. Mm -hmm. We are not better than anything or anyone else on the planet. We're no better than a dog. We're no better than, you know, uh, another human that happens to live in a different town or look different than us. We're all on the earth together and have to survive as one. And And I found that theme to be an excellent one to get across. And it gets across in my mind very well. Yes, it absolutely does. Um, and speaking of power, right, that old adage of absolute power corrupts absolutely, oh, yeah. right? You know, there there are Fedra uh, QZs, the quarantine zones, where they were, they were not too bad, like in Boston, or they're totally, uh, I can't even... Yeah, what they what they said about it, it was Kansas City, although in the game it's Pittsburgh. Um, the the things they were saying were done to the populace. Horrific. Were vile. Horrific. So, yeah, I mean, and, and to be honest, if you look around the world or you, you look through history, um, there are still places currently and there are historical references where you can see where absolute power, you know, and, and control have... Yeah destroyed people and have caused uprisings and violence beyond right. imagination. But I think really the, the story and they, I don't know if you were listening to any of the uh, companion podcasts. No, for, I haven't had time to. Okay. Um, but you know, basically what they're saying, and, and I, I do agree with this, this, this whole series is about love and all of its manifestations, right? The love for, um, Kathleen, the, her love for revenge, or David's love for power, right? He wanted to control um, his little his little coven. Coven's not the right word, but his, I don't know what to call it. Congregation. Them. Congregation, that's a good word. I think that's what he called them. Probably. I mean, even the cordyceps, right? The cordyceps, they they just, they they want to survive, and they they just want to proliferate. Yeah. Right? They want to live. The, the cordyceps are just more efficient at doing it than human beings yeah so um the music especially in oh, the mall, episode, episode seven. seven i mean when we know like as soon as we we hear the first three ding, notes ding, ding, ding. yeah we know that it's aha and, and I, it's great i also think and uh, if you don't know please somebody who's listening correct me if i'm wrong i believe the mother left the tape for ellie i don't know if she left the tape but in episode nine, right, she was humming an aha song when Ellie was born. And so I think subconsciously. So that maybe is the, okay. Because I, I remember there being some kind of connection, but I don't remember if it was the tape or if it was like you say humming. But I, I, I remember going, wait a minute. Yeah. And, so. you know, who wouldn't love aha anyway? You know, that and then just like heaven on the mm-hmm. merry-go-round. I was like, oh my God, that is so perfect. Because it is just like heaven. It's the few, you know, the the calm before the storm. I liked the full circle part with using music with the code for uh, Mm -hmm. Joel and Tess and Bill and Frank. And I love that when they left, she's like, oh, I figured it out. If they play this song, it's like they had already left, but it was the idea that there's trouble. And I think they pan into the radio and you're hearing the song that plays trouble. Yeah. That means trouble rather. Yeah. And then that's because you know they've decided to go out together. Yeah. And 
watching episode three and then knowing that and then seeing them come to the house and it's playing you're like oh yeah i like that they finish like they finish that loop right. they didn't have to it's just a nice well it's the little things that exactly. matter right but so you wouldn't let's be honest if they had thrown some you know infection running around nobody would think about it but we did because they let us see it and they fixed it and they made sure that it was closed yeah and speaking of that when they were in the truck i just thought about this you know they they saw uh, a tape of Hank Williams or something. So wasn't that 60s where in the code it's all's good? It was Linda Ronstadt, wasn't it? Oh, maybe I'm thinking about uh, a different episode then. But I thought that they saw like a little Hank Williams thing too. Because I remember the said, Linda Ronstadt song was the one they played on the piano. Mm-hmm. And then that's the one that they ended up singing. Oh, Long, Long Time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so that, maybe, maybe that's what you're thinking of. I, I might be thinking about the next episode where he was playing a Hank Williams song. Like, it was before his time Yeah, or but it is. And I just loved um, Ellie's response to, like you mentioned before with the plane, like modern things. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, people did what here? Mm-hmm. How did you? This What is this? She's like, put your seatbelt on. She's like, what is that? Yeah. It's a spaceship. Yeah. I, I loved that innocence. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, again, it, it burns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we've we've done a lot of good i <laughs> yes, think and have. themes and we've covered a lot of the things we liked mm-hmm. so i think it's important now to say that although i think it was a great adaptation it isn't perfect mm. number one i broke a controller because of my, you know my thumbsticks gave out and why'd they give out well because i got really sick and tired of clickers clicker clicker, clicker. why why do I, I cannot i cannot state how much i can't stand them they terrify me I can still, but isn't that the point though? Yes, and that's what I look. The point of spiders is not to terrify me; they still terrify me. The point of clowns and it is to scare me. I don't like them. I don't want to watch them. Stop it! <laughs> Do you want to sleep on the couch? No. Then please stop. <laughs> she did that in the middle of the night. Like, look, look. My wife was um, half. As, I was half asleep, and she, I think, was still awake. And all of a sudden, I hear clicking sounds, and I'm like, I am so going to make you sleep in the other room. It's okay. It's just. Oof, and I would like to, and I do agree with reviewers that it would have been nice to see more infected, even wandering around. I know that the, I think the way they've laid it out is unless they're the the hive is activated, they don't just like wander, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So they kind of rest. So are they resting because they don't want to? Like, I'd love to have more information on that. Like, why are they doing that? Is it because the cordyceps? don't want to use too much energy because eventually they use up the body they're in and the body dies. Right. I mean, they, they do like dry up too so that they, they can die. So is it that they're using the host too quickly? And so they rest until they're needed. Cause Mm. even when she, they look over out of the museum and they're looking out, all there are is all of these, um, infected lying around not really moving and then she explains the hive mind so i'm interested to learn more about the hive mind and how that's going to work um but i would lean that into a little bit of the bad is that it would have been nice to see a little more infected to see more interactions with them to see different kinds of them well we Um, saw quite a bit and to me we we had one episode where it was like insane amount we got glimpses of them but there were moments where you could see, like, in the hospital setting, we could see bodies of the infected, you know. I don't say they had to be active, but I think the remnants of it would be there. See, for me, the fact that 
you knew they were out there, but you don't see them added to the fear and the suspension. So I think that it was actually fine. Maybe there's a middle ground between the two of us. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to see it every scene. Don't get me wrong. I'm just thinking there would be evidence of them even in the Midwest somewhere where there weren't big cities because there were people at one point there. Mm -hmm. So maybe they dried up and they died, but there would be evidence on the floor or the wall or, or whatnot. Yeah. So that that's my point. You know, again, it could have it could have also been money, it could have been time, it could have been a lot of things that we're not privy to, could have been creative choices. I don't know. Again, I didn't play the game, but seeing some of the infected, especially the clickers, they look brilliant. Really realistic. Like yeah. they the bloater just, was they jumped out of the video game onto yep. reality. Yep. And and it's just the, cl- the clicker kid. Oh, I mean, it just, just creeped me out. Oh, yeah. God. All right. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so for me, the bad is that um, <laughs> I haven't done this in a while, but I was scheduling my Sunday nights so that I can watch this on HBO. And yeah. it drove you crazy for a little bit because I'm like, no, I got to get this and done. And I was like, we have HBO Max. Can't we watch it tomorrow? No, no, no. 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 It, it has to be Sunday night. And we watched the first three episodes together. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, wait. What do you mean I got to wait? I'm like, it, it literally, I think we watched it on a Saturday and the next episode was the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you just got to wait a day. She's like, okay. And then the day that they had it because the Super Bowl was on Sunday. So they had it on a Friday, I believe. You were like, oh, it's early. And then you're like, oh, I have to wait extra days. Yeah. It's just, it's. You're adorable. Yeah, well, it's, it's all your fault. You got me obsessed. But. Um, oh, the horror. Anyway, in all seriousness, though, you you touched upon this earlier, but to me, it's not a bad of the show, but it is a bad that people are, you know, review bombing the the episodes that have gay characters. I mean, this is how life is, right? It's not just all straight people in the world. There's all kinds of people. And just because they're not like you doesn't mean that they're bad. So if this is something that doesn't float your boat, then you know what? Go watch something else. You don't have to watch this. If you want to experience The Last of Us and you don't like the show and the show is offending you, you play the game. That's why I'm saying if this is not your cup of tea, go somewhere else. You don't have to ruin it for everybody else. I think what's bothering me about that most is the fact that they were like, oh, the creator went woke. And Look, let's stop. Number one, let's stop using woke as a catch-all. Yeah. Okay. He's showing you what society looks like. It, it's reality. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and the reason I like it so much is the cordyceps don't care no. what or who you are. All they care is can they infect you? Are you close enough? Get over here. Literally, get over here. Scorpion. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You had to bring in moral combat, huh? Because well, it was in what? the game or it's, in the it's show. Games. And yes, it was. And I had to <laughs> throw me a bone. But to, to be honest, we can all come to accept the fact that everybody is different. And just like acceptance and hope, we need to accept one another. We need to love one another. And we need to just deal with the fact that we are all different. Because if we were all the same, that'd be really freaking boring. Because I do not want to be in a room with... Could you imagine a room full of clickers? None of us would get along. <laughs> We wouldn't. Oh, my God. I'd be like, don't you click at me. Stop that. Don't you dare (laughs) click at me. I used my Uh, echolocation and you were over in the corner and I told you not to be in my corner. You know, we'd find a way to fight anyway. You would. But my point is, stop looking at what you dislike because it's in the game. 
fine. Bill and Frank wasn't, but Left Behind was in the game. So either accept that you're not going to like the storyline, but then let me tell you, if you didn't like Left Behind and you played The Last of Us game two, then you're really not going to like really it. You're really not right? going to like it. At least I heard. I am not spoiled. No, yet. I'm, I do I'm not just, know. I'm just saying we've we've established who Ellie is. Mm-hmm. They're not going to change Ellie in game two. No, they shouldn't. And if they do, it's like, uh, wh- where does this come from? I don't like situations where there's an outcry to boycott or to review bomb or to leave bad reviews or do things like that. Just tune it out. Meh. You know, there's there's so many streaming services. Um, there's so, so many other people you could be involved with. There's so much other content out there. Yeah, but just in general in life, you know, vote, change the channel, educate mm. yourself. Because online, social media and all of that, there's a lot of bubble where you can say what you want to say within it and it's, it's kind of like an echo chamber, chamber. Mm-hmm. and it's it's you never hear the outside you never see the outside and i really hope that this show continues same with sandman and, and other shows like that where they break the mold and they force people out of the safety of their bubble to see other things to get exposed to other things but that's what makes very compelling stories yes right so um anyway are we done with the bat shall we go on to the cute Sure. So, do you know that diarrhea is hereditary? It's in your genes? It runs in your genes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I love that. I was, I was just so... I even caught you because I asked you that like two or three days after that episode. I aired, was half and, asleep. And you were like, what? Like, exactly like what Joel did. And, and I was laughing my butt off my my wife has a tendency to catch me off guard and then she'll laugh herself silly (laughs) and then she can't stop but seriously though and you know in in this dark and depressing world right laughter is the next best medicine Mm -hmm. i think and that's why you know the the pun book is just brilliant here yeah i i like joel when he started to open up and he was teaching her things like he taught her to shoot and hunt Mm mm-hmm um, well, because they need to survive, right? They need to survive, but it's not just that. I think it was him slowly opening up that she needs to help, mm-hmm. that she wants to be able, and if something happens to him, she needs to be able to take care of herself. But then towards the end, it's, oh, well, I saw a guitar. Would you like to learn? I'd love to teach you. You know, it's more personal, but there was, again, that continuity. Right. That he, I thought well, was cute. Also, he was trying to just pull her out of her. But it's a fatherly, yeah. Yeah. cute, adorable. Yeah. Speaking of what Joel was saying... I love that while they were on horseback, he said to Ellie, everybody loved contractors because he was a contractor. And I was just like, (laughs) 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 now, why is it that you play that, that, that sound only when I say something funny? I'm saying that's, that's my (laughs) response to Joel's comment. Okay. So it's Joel to Joel's comment, not not, to what I said. No, Joel's comment. Cause let's be honest. Do you really like contractors? Well, I like my contractor. Okay. I'm going to say that. I love my contractor. Well, I'm going to have to say, I like Joel too. And if he was my contractor, Look, I'd be Pedro like, okay, Pascal good. Pedro Pascal wants to come to my house <laughs> and, and just pretend to be Pedro. a contractor. Pedro. Pedro. We can, we, I have a stuffed baby Yoda. <laughs> we can put, the, we can we put need... a little baby work belt on him. <laughs> we you want can him dress to up protect... as Ellie. Yeah, we want him to protect baby Yoda. You, you dress up as Ellie and then we've got the, the you know... We've mm-hmm. got it going. There you I can go. be Tess. I'll be half dead on the floor. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. 
I'll walk around with little mushrooms in my mouth. Oh my God. I'm allergic. No, I can't. (laughs) I'm allergic. Wait, maybe I would survive then because I'm allergic. I'm not a good host. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Or you'd be cured from it. Ooh. Anyway. So any other cute? I mean, the adorableness as they develop, you know, Ellie resting her head on his back when they're on horseback, you know, taking care of him, being, you know, holding his hand and not leaving him. Mm-hmm. All of that was is very thoughtful and, and meaningful. But okay, I really think we're good. All right. So that is our discussion of The Last of Us Season 1. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, now it's time for a Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. We rate The Last of Us Season 1, five stars. And if we could, we would give it more. Okay. I was going to go into this long thing, and I've decided I think we've covered um, enough mm-hmm. before. But this season feels like a parallel to what we're living. There's darkness outside the door. There's malicious storming capitals. There's pain there's people taking control and power and banning books and taking women's rights away there's all of this right outside our door and it's constant and if you think about it in the last of us there's danger outside their door every day it could be an infected it could be a fedra agent it could be a renegade or a a ranger what do they call them raiders raiders thank you you know even fireflies for all intents and purposes are in some way can be considered a villain because they didn't even talk. Yes, I know it's different in the game. They didn't really even talk to her in the series. They didn't tell her. Mm. They didn't give her a choice. They made it for her. Mm -hmm. So everybody is wrong in some capacity, just like outside my door right now. Everybody is wrong in some capacity. But at the end, there's hope here. There's hope in life. There's love There's the right to vote. There's the ability to help your fellow man. There is the joy of innocence and experiencing new things. There's despair, but above all, darkness cannot survive without light. And light cannot survive without glimmers of darkness. Why? Because if you only live in darkness you kind of just learn to accept it and there's nothing to hope for and nothing to move on for, right? But if you see a glimmer of light in the darkness, then you have something to fight for. That little bit of hope that you hold on to means more because you know how hard it is and and how limited it is. And if you have all light and sunshines and rainbows, having a little bit of dark makes you appreciate the sunshine and rainbows because you do have that hopelessness and that helplessness on occasion. Yeah, You need a balance of both so that you appreciate where you've been, what you've been through, and where you're going, and what could lead you out of it. My grandmother used to tell me that without understanding love, she could never fully understand the complexities of loss. Because when you love someone fully and then lose them, that is a pain that you really don't experience unless you experience real love. So would you eradicate the pain and never have the love? Then you would just be a shell. Bingo. You would be surrounded by either complete light and echo chamber or complete dark and echo chamber. I choose to live in the gray because the gray is where I feel most alive. 
So for me, the series is very much a parallel of what's going on outside the door, as well as reminding us that we need to live in the gray and that extremes don't work. And that there are consequences to whatever the decisions we do make. And there are compromises. Even if we think that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And for me, I can't really top that. So all I'm going to say is that after each episode, I kept telling you, I hate the show. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because I loved it so much. Because the storytelling is so beautiful. Because, you know, the moral dilemmas just contort your soul until... Like your heart is just breaking and it is a parallel to what's going on in the world. And so, you know, hopefully a lot of people will, will get the message. I think that it's, it's a very beautiful one, that life is complex and it's not, it's not just black and white, basically. But it's worth fighting for. It is worth fighting for. And that we are going out like Bill and Frank. Oh, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. So. I, I can't. I we and, and for for our listeners that we we joke about it a lot but like the idea of living without my wife is is just unbearable for me. Yeah. And and I believe it's mutual. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, cuz I always say, you know, we're going out like the notebook. So we do we do say that a lot. And that is why the episode 3 kind of hit us really hard because we joke about it but to see that he did, you know, take enough to kill a horse. Yeah. is his comment. It's just a, it's a very powerful powerful scene yeah but i will say that at this point in my life i am not satisfied no we have uh, a lot of a lot of shows to to cover and a lot of places to go we have a lot of life to live together that too so i was trying to be funny but okay i could pull a pun but i'm gonna be nice um i think that is going to be our show for today folks thank you so much for joining us i know this was a lot in uh covering the last of us we appreciate you guys sticking through the whole episode if you have if you haven't try again tomorrow <laughs> please <laughs> i but uh, we really because it's such a long series and there's a lot of other points we're really really very curious as to what you thought so uh, you can leave us a message on any of our socials you can use our contact form on our website or speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast and uh, please hit the subscribe button um, and leave us a review. It really helps us know what we're doing well and what we're not. So, um, and what you want. If there's something you recommend, stuff like that, please let us know. Reach out, email someone. No, email us. Email us. Leave us a message. All that fun stuff. Yeah. And so, until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember this quote Riley says to Ellie in Left Behind: "There are a million ways we should have died before today." and a million ways we can die before tomorrow. But we fight for every second we get to spend with each other, whether it's two minutes or two days. We don't give that up.